All right, and we are live, I believe. And also, I checked the mic and I made sure it was on. <laughs> so <laughs> there's probably something wrong. Oh, there's something wrong for sure. We are, in fact, the least professional show on YouTube. And uh, this is my lovely wife Valeria, as you all know. I'm toxic. She's masculine. Together, we are toxic, toxic masculinity. Toxic. Oh, you got it. This how adorable. Sometimes I can do it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, nothing. Oh, you know what? Actually, I just texted somebody. Um, this is related to one of the stories that we're going to be covering at the end here. Um, but I was talking about the the efficacy of the vaccines. Efficacy. Efficacy. The uh, the effectiveness. Like, like how many times the F up? <laughs> so funny. Uh, no, uh, the the effectiveness. Okay. Um, you know, there's a word called ineffable. <laughs> Did you know that there's a word? No. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see what ineffable means. Like the dictionary definition. Ineffable. Too great or extreme. Ex extreme to be expressed or described in words. Um, but there's another definition, which is somebody who's so horrifically unattractive, they're ineffable. Oh, that's why I never heard this word. It was a joke. That's why I've never heard this word. Oh, that's a joke of arrogance, ladies and gentlemen. I thought that was quite clever, actually. It's not a joke. It's real life. <laughs> oh, it's real life. It's real life. Ineffable. Um, okay, so let's... Um... Uh, our uh, girl, Ashley, says, I believe I might be a moderator. <laughs> Yes, you are a moderator. I made you a moderator, Ashley. Um, Valeria is also a moderator. Let's see here. My son told me our dog pissed on the couch, and I can, and I can flying into. Oh, and I come flying into the living room yelling, "Are you serious?" To which he responded, "April Fools! I hate this holiday." <laughs> April Fools' Day. Uh, Valeria found out it was April Fools' Day and kept trying to insist to me. That she's pregnant. Yesterday, when I said, oh, I don't feel good. I slept for too long. I have a headache. And there's people like, oh, she's pregnant. I was like, oh, were they? You're like, oh, like, that's okay. A... That's, that's like, I can. I can but you were this. mentioning about how it was April Fool's Day just before you said it. <laughs> so you kind of ruined the joke. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, my, so, okay. So then I, I was writing a buddy of mine about the efficacy of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I said, should I recommend that people get vaccinated even if they've had COVID? Because this is something that I don't think people really talk about that much. And I looked it up online and every article I found said that you are, in fact, recommended to get the vaccine even if you've had COVID. Mm -hmm. But I don't trust anything I read online anymore. So this guy is one of the, I suppose, leading scientists doing experiments about the, you know, about how, you know, about the, I, I don't know what he's doing. He wrote specifically, I'm involved in some of the experiments about this. I don't quite understand what he means by that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he means about the vaccine or the effect of COVID on your system and whether or not you can get reinfected. But I've, I've written him follow-ups, but he hasn't responded yet. But what he did say, which I thought was actually quite uh, interesting, is he said that the best vaccine is just getting the virus. If you get, if you get COVID and you recover... That's the best vaccine. Well, what about flu? Because we have flu every year. We still have to get a vaccine from a flu every year. Well, not if you had the flu. If you get the flu, getting the flu vaccine is kind of pointless. I mean, unless you get a different strain, you know, unless the vaccine covers you for a different strain of yeah. flu. Just so complicated. I prefer just not to get anything. <laughs> if you get the flu, it's you're not going to be able to catch the flu again, right? Because mm -hmm. you're immune to that strain of flu. The same thing with COVID. If you get COVID, you're not going to be able to get COVID again unless there's a mutated strain, which they say there is in Britain. But I, I don't know if, if if you've had COVID, if you can get reinfected with this new strain or how easy that is, that's done. Um, none of that data is really made clear because what they care about, ladies and gentlemen, is scaring the crap out of you <laughs> and not actually giving you facts i mean it's all about stoking hysteria right that's what they call it stoking hysteria i think that's a good way of expressing it that's what they do it's really annoying it's a way for politicians to grab power and for um 
newspaper articles to get clicks on their on their uh, you know to to make provocative headlines. All right. Well, enough about this uh, jibber jabber. Let's get on to the first story, darling. Read, please. Did the we first have one. Uh, intro? Oh, we're gonna. Oh, let's do the intro. You guys want the intro? Let's do the intro. This is toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. I love that intro. You know why? Because it's my face coming at ya. <laughs> All right, should we go to the to the first story? Yes. Um, no systemic racism in the UK says new report. Yeah, this is this is pretty interesting, right? So, according to a, a report by the UK government, uh, this is being reported in the Independent, although it's being reported pretty much everywhere in the UK right now because it's very controversial. They did a, the government did a report, and they said there is no actual institutional racism. There is no systemic racism. What about Meghan Markle? <laughs> well, they're not saying that there, is no, there are no racists in the UK at all. But what they're saying is that their laws and their, their system of government and the way that they, they function as a society doesn't create a system that is racist against anyone. Um. Except white people. <laughs> I would actually argue that if that report was fully investigated, they would find that people were racist against white people. I bet you anything that that would happen. Um, that there was a lot, especially in like London, places that are like very, um, you know, that consider themselves very progressive areas. I'm sure you will find racism against white people. But they weren't looking for that, were they? So let's have a look here. Com um, institutional racism doesn't exist, government's race commission suggests in a landmark report. Commission says overt and outright racism persists, but says UK should be an example to other white majority countries. Uh, no, it shouldn't, because none of us are systemically racist. None of us are institutionally racist. None of the white countries are. Okay, if anything, we're all anti-white, which I think is completely insane. But anyway, let me keep reading this beautiful uh, article here. Well, I don't know how beautiful it is, but about this beautiful report. Um, the government's highly anticipated race report commissioned... Uh, sorry, the government's highly anticipated race report commissioned in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protest has rejected suggestions that Britain is still an institutionally racist country. The 264-page report concludes that the UK has become more a more open society where children from many ethnic communities perform as well or substantially better than white pupils in compulsory education. Well, that's disturbing. They certainly shouldn't be performing substantially better than white people. If other races are, are performing substantially better than white people, maybe you're racist against white people. Maybe that's some, see. There's this idea, especially amongst like uh, leftists and like these these people who consider themselves very sophisticated, that uh, in a culture that is majority white, it's not possible for the majority to be biased against themselves. So they never look for it. They never consider it, because why would you act in, against your own self interest? Well, the problem because is you're stupid. Well, it's not just. So, but the thing is, white people don't consider ourselves a homogenous group. Like other groups, like like Hispanics in America, a lot of them tend to consider themselves a homogenous group. What is homogenous? Homo a homogenous group means a, a, a group of one, um, one type, or like hmm. you know all the like. Uh, let's see here, not separated. I, ah, okay, okay, I got it. It's like me when I see. Uh, you, Ukrainians and you consider us all the same. I was like, no, we're not the same. Right, we're like all Eastern same. Europeans yeah. to Americans are considered a homogenous group, mm -hmm. but to not to 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 an Eastern European, you guys are considered heterogeneous. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you get distinct into various categories. Um, yeah. So I, Hispanics are more distinct than maybe other groups in America, but. Um, but a lot of Hispanics, I think, consider themselves, because you have Hispanic organizations, stuff like that, Latino organizations. So there are many people who consider Hispanics to be a kind of a, you know, one group. And then, uh, you know, black people in America um, are kind of like a, a, a group amongst themselves. Um, there are certain other kinds of communities. Why did I, why did I bring that up? You, you got me on the word homogenous, and now yes, I got I all... I already know what word was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but white people don't 
I, I think that maybe it has something to do with the fact that we are the majority and we've been here for so long. Like, I don't consider myself sort of like culturally similar to Antifa types. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there are just a lot of different kinds of people in America uh, within within white culture. So you will have like academics, right? You know, I went to college. It wasn't a great college, but I went to college. And a lot of my professors were these just, you know, smug, self-righteous a-holes. And they're always talking about like having martinis on a veranda and crap like that. And I just always just thought to myself, you are such a pretentious piece of human garbage. I couldn't stand these people. I hate college professors as a rule. There are some that I have liked in the past, but in general, I hate university professors, at least most of the ones that I've, I've interacted with. And um, if there's some university professors out there watching the show, I do apologize. I, I probably wouldn't hate you. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, they, 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 there is this culture amongst, you know, you know within academia that is just repugnant. It is repugnant with smugness. I think that's that's a kind of like a, a beautiful phrase, repugnant with smugness. I think I should name a, I should write a book called that. <laughs> the autobiography of Christopher Patrick Coles. Um, all right, let's see here. So uh, what I was going to say about that is that, uh, yeah, we, white people don't really consider ourselves a homogenous group. So if we look at like, you know, the college professors and then we look at somebody like, you know, folks that live in the Ozarks. Right. Or P Ozarks are kind of like a poor area, like where there's a lot of white people, um, you know, like the Appalachian Mountain people, like the people mm -hmm. that live up there. Very poor, white. Um, you know, a lot of people in these regions have like meth problems, stuff like that. Obviously, a very different culture than, you know, the academic left or, you know, people who are in Antifa or, you know, conservative church going farmers or something like that. Right. You have like di very distinct, different groups in America culturally despite the fact that there's a, you know, we're all white, you know, when we're talking about white Americans. And so I think that if a, a leftist is going to do something that helps black people and ignores struggling white people, they don't really think of it as hurting themselves because we don't think of hurting another white person as hurting ourselves, right? A, a black person may think that, well, I don't want to do anything that hurts the black community. White people don't think, I don't want to do anything that hurts the white community, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just saying that, it sounds funny. I mean, like, maybe, like, white nationalists maybe think like that. Or white supremacists or anything. But the, the the typical white person doesn't think, I don't want to do something to hurt the white community. But you do hear black people say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think this is actually a huge problem because, that, you know, we have to start thinking like that in some way. Not, not because we need to think of white people as a, a community in America. But rather, like, I think we do have to take into account just, just because to try to be decent human beings, you have to look at who is struggling in the world, who's truly struggling, and say, well, if we're going to help somebody, we should help the, the people who are most struggling. The people who are most struggling aren't always black. They're not always Hispanic. They're not always LGBT. They're not always trans. They're not always immigrants. You know, some of them are straight white men. I know. It sounds crazy. But some of them are. So, you know, you need to try to, I think, put the resources to help people um, where they're needed as opposed to where you want to put them to, to make yourself look good, right? And I think they do that a lot in the UK. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but I think that is um, a valuable one. Uh, shall I keep reading? Yes, of course. Thank you, darling. Do you have anything to add? I just want to add that people who live above us, which is penthouses, are uh -huh. black people. That's it. Uh <laughs> I think like all of the penthouses. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, I was just in the elevator with Well, now you've told everybody people. exactly where we live. Good job, Valeria. Oops. My wife, ladies and gentlemen, is an idiot. <laughs> no, no, I don't really think that's a terrible thing to say. Uh, but that was not the smartest thing to say, darling. Um, please don't murder us. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Moving on. People already can find our place super easy because of my backdrop, and now you've told them exactly what for. That's fake. <laughs> That's this, whole fake. this is all green it's screen, all, it's guys. It's all fake. This is all green screen. Okay. All right, let's keep reading. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so... 
the Independent Review, which is published on Wednesday, argues that issues around race and racism are becoming less important and, in some cases, are not a significant factor behind explaining disparities. No kidding. <laughs> I never would have guessed that. I've never said anything like that on my show. All right, let's see here. However, race advisors have warned that Britain is not a post-racial society and that overt and... Well, we're never going to become a post-racial society. There's always going to be races. That's a weird thing to say. We sh- are, should we strive to be a post-racial society? I don't think so. I like the fact that there's black people in the world. I like the fact that there's Hispanics. I like the fact that there's Asians. You know, I need people to look down on. You don't sound like uh, a racist. Come on, darling. You're supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> oh, good. That's my charity laugh. <laughs> no, it's actually funny. And of course it's funny. <laughs> but you, you're supposed to react like organically. Anyway... That's good. I, I deal with this in real. This is not just for the show. This happens. Re- I tell hilarious jokes, completely blank stare. But you know what? You know what does make her laugh? Watch this. Watch this. Valeria. 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 Fart. Oh. Oh. She fought the urge. She fought the urge. That word. I don't know. I don't. Maybe because she's Russian. It wasn't this word originally. What do you mean it wasn't that word? You used to laugh hysterically anytime I would say that word. You made this word up before it was the story with the um, hair color of... Oh, the color of poo? Yeah, and then the you, eye color, you, I think you it was. become this word. Like, really? It, it, it emerged Original, from that story? it was a completely okay. different joke. Well, whatever. She used to laugh at that word. <laughs> yeah, there, see, there it goes. See, there she goes. Just thinking about it, she's laughing. It's so weird. She's such a beautiful woman, and yet that one word makes her laugh. Anyway, so... Um, but yeah, no, no, no. I don't like all of these different groups being distinct so I can look down on them. That was a joke, obviously. Uh, but I just like the v- variety. I like to have variety in the world. I like to have different cultures, uh, uh, not necessarily all in the same place. You know, I want to go to China mm-hmm. and experience Chinese culture. I want to go to Taiwan and experience Taiwanese culture. I want to go to Japan and, and experience Japanese culture, you know. And then I want to travel uh, maybe to... to uh, I don't know, Africa and experience some kind of African culture. And I want to go to India and experience that culture. Jamaica. And Jamaica, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and then, you know, maybe to Iceland and experience that culture. I like this, this, this these distinctions we have. We don't want a post-racial... Russia, uh, Russia to experience dirt. Dirt? <laughs> I guess it's a dirty country. But, you know, I don't, I don't want a post-racial world. I don't want a post-racial world. I want a world with different races. You can have a world with races... And just respect people of other races. You don't need things to be post-racial. That's mental. I think post-multicultural would be good. We don't need multiculturalism. That's a big disaster. All right, let's let's keep reading here. Okay. Um. Da 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 da. Okay. However, race race advisors race advisors. So stupid. <laughs> have warned that Britain is not a post-racial society and that o- overt and outright racism persists in the UK, particularly online. You know how, You know what I don't like about this whole, like, oh, there's a lot of racism online nonsense? Uh, my guess, and, and you guys can tell me what you think about this in the comments, my guess is that something like 90% of the online you know, racist attacks are by kids, are by, like, 13-year-old boys. Because, and this is something I figured out a while back, Um, somebody had mentioned that kids experience racism sometimes, you know, when they're in fights in school and somebody will call them the N-word or something like that. And I vaguely remember this when I was a kid. I I don't, I don't, I never used that word that that I can remember, but I think that people would have used it uh, uh, back when I was a kid. We did have like two black kids in my school. Now, I don't remember specifically anybody using that word, but here's why I think maybe people did or 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 could have done, even though I don't re- actually remember it ever being used, um, is that kids are really vicious. And kids will use whatever it is that they think that's going to hurt you, they're going to use it against you. So if you're fat, they're going to call you fat. If you run like a girl, they're going to say you run like a girl. If you're ugly, they're going to say you're ugly. I mean, kids are ruthless <laughs> so if you're a black person and you think maybe that person might be a little bit sensitive about being black you may call them the n-word as like a, a child mm-hmm. right especially if you're told 
you should never call a black person that. Then the kid will be like, fantastic. <laughs> New weapon, right? Because um, kids are like a little bit, they're totally irrational, first of all. They, don't, they have no sense of rationality or how it might affect them. All they care about is, oh, I'm in an argument with somebody. I don't like them. They're pissing me off. I'm going to l- lash out at them in, in whatever way that I can. Call them gay. Call them fat. Call them a girl. Call them ugly. Call them, uh, 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 you know, the N-word or whatever it is. And so because of that, I think that people do sometimes grow up thinking, oh, I heard this word when I was a kid growing up. Therefore white people are still racist. And I don't think that's a good indication of, of, mm-hmm. a, of a racist society, actually. Um, I don't think that we're a society that is particularly cruel to fat people or to, you know... I, I think actually more... We've actually become a society that's more cruel to whatever groups we think are in a... Um, have an advantage, right? So skinny girls have an advantage, and skinny girls are ridiculed relentlessly by society um beautiful beautiful people uh, i know <laughs> and beautiful all right all right uh white people are considered to have an advantage so there you can ridicule white people and it's fine men are considered to have an advantage you can ridicule them it's fine right um the you know and there, there's a long tradition of this historically like like shakespeare used to like um mock the aristocracy right so that's something that's kind of natural i think which is fine the problem i think today is that the groups that we think of as you know maybe having being at a disadvantage are no longer really at such a disadvantage and the group that we think of um they're no longer at such a disadvantage and the groups that we think of as advantaged Mm -hmm. are, are no longer quite as advantaged as we think so we i think our perception of who is struggling is you know, and 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 who is um, thriving? <clears throat> Maybe isn't um, perfectly in line with reality anymore, uh, and so I think we have to kind of reassess who we're willing to mock and who we're willing willing to uh, uh, cut down, and who we're willing to raise up and who we're, we're willing to help. Because I think we're helping a lot of people who don't need it, and we're cutting down a lot of people who are already, you know, already suffering. Uh, anyway. Again, uh, I'm rambling. Let's get back to the story. Um, now, hold on. I would like to also comment on this. Sorry, one more tangent. I'm so sorry. I, but this is critical, I think. Um, these race advisors are saying that overt and outright racism persists in the UK, particularly online. So like I said, a lot of times these are just like kids trolling um, I don't think that there are that many like overt racists in the UK. I actually happen, happen to follow a channel. Uh, I used to follow a channel. She, she stopped her channel um, of, oh. uh, of a woman named Laura Towler. Mm-hmm. And she's in a sort of like, um, I, I guess you'd call it like a white nationalist group in, 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 in England. Um, but she's not a racist as far as I can tell. And... I think that the concept of like a white nationalist here in America is considered like, well, you're a bad person because you, why would you be a white nationalist in America unless you like hated black people or something, right? But in the UK, I think it's a very different thing. In fact, in all the European countries, I think it's a very different thing because Europe, in my mind, Europe isn't for everyone. Each European country is for the natives of that particular country. They have the, the, the sort of born right to that land. And it's sort of like India. I wouldn't want to see like, um, you know, because there are some more primitive tribes still around in the world, right? In the, in the mm-hmm. Brazilian rainforest, places like that. If you went into the Brazilian rainforest and you said, oh, you know, these, this particular tribe has access to a lot of gemstones for whatever reason. I'm going to put up a McDonald's right near that tribe and I'm going to collect gemstones for every, you know, Big Mac I produce for them. The world would lose their minds. Because why? Because you are, you are starting to destroy that culture, right? You're starting to destroy that very precious culture. Um, but we don't seem to have that same kind of outrage when it comes to Europeans. If we have a huge influx of Muslims from somewhere in the Middle East or Syria or something like that coming into, say, Germany and literally burning down churches, and this is a huge problem in, like, France. I was going to do a video about this recently. I never got around to it, but I, I should do this one. They're burning down, uh, like, they'll go up to um, these mountaintops. There was this tradition in Europe for a long time to go to the top of a mountain. And when you get there, you put a Christian cross at the top. 
And these Muslims are climbing up to the top of these mountains and knocking down the crosses just because they're bigots. Really, they hate Christians. And uh, the authorities are talking about this as a problem, but they're not saying who's doing it. They're saying, we don't know who's done this. Yeah, I'm sure it's a bunch of Christians going up there knocking down their own crosses. I'm sure that's who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, we know who's doing it. We know who's doing it. Um, and and it's and it's a tragedy. I don't think that that this um... actually that might be Jehovah's Witnesses because they don't accept cross. That's true. Jehovah's Witnesses don't yeah. like the cross. But I I don't think it's the Jehovah's Witnesses. I, would, you know, I don't think it's Jehovah's I Witnesses. Skip this. But you know, but you know, we do have outright racism here in the United States, and they do have outright racism, um, outright and overt racism in the UK. And I've I've witnessed it. I've I've witnessed it here. I've witnessed it there. I used to live in the UK for a little while, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, it's not from white people. It's from black people against white people. It's from what they call Asians in the UK against white people. Asians in the UK are like from Pakistan or India, places like that. Mm-hmm. They're not, uh, they don't call people from China or, or Japanese Asian. They call people from India and Pakistan Asian. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what they call people from China and, and Japan and Korea. I guess they just call them all Chinese. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I should ask somebody. I've never heard. There's just very, very few Koreans, Japanese, and, and Chinese people in in the UK. I'm curious what they call it because Asians are specific, usually referred yeah. to as Pakistanis and stuff. All right. Uh, and one of my best friends is, is Pakistani-British. I should mention that. Um, so despite the fact that I complain about them a lot because of, like the grooming gangs and stuff like that... Um, yeah, I don't speci- I don't specifically think that if you're Pakistani in the UK, you're a horrible person. Obviously, I, I hate that I have to say stuff like that, but you never know. You never know who's watching. So we, yeah. Anyway, every, all right. I so think, let's. Uh, in the beginning of every show, you have to mention. Yeah. I have friends. Yeah. Hispanic gay guy, yes. Pakistanic, uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the others, whatever. I, I actually had a dream once. This is I don't know, maybe ten years ago. Um, at the time, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure why. I just had a lot of multi-ethnic friends. Like, I, I barely had any Asian. white... Asian. You have Asian. Yeah, Asian, friend. black, Hispanic, whatever. And I, I had this weird dream where I was on a train, and all my friends were hanging out with me. It was like I had a, some friends in the next seat, friend next to me, some friends behind me, uh, me uh, men and women, but, but mostly men. Um, and... Because I always had like a, well, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, so all my friends were on the train with me. And I looked around. I remember thinking in the dream, this is in the dream. I looked around and I was like, I got to get some more white friends. <laughs> like every single one of my friends at that time was uh, of some other color. Like I had no white friends. It was like a weird thing. And in my life, I, I just have had a lot of not white friends. I have a couple of friends who are, who I would who I would guess were white. Like if I had met them and I didn't know them, I'd guess they're white, but they're from Cuba. They're Cuban, Mm -hmm. but they're very Spanish looking. I mean, they don't, they don't look, they don't look, um, you know, like you would expect a Latino, like tan skin Latino to look. They're just as white as, I mean, they look like me essentially. Um, I don't think you look like a white person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. True. But, um, Anyway, I, I don't know. Again, another tangent. My apologies. But uh, yeah, there's this... I mean, it's just so stupid, this idea that conservatives are all racist, Republicans are all racist. But that does provide me, I think, to some degree, a level of, of courage when it comes to talking about ra- racial stuff. Because this whole BS about you're not allowed to criticize black people, you're not allowed to talk about this stuff. I mean, I have never met a black person and said, oh, I, I, I'm like a little bit hesitant to be friends with you because you're black or 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 hispanic or age that that th- those things have never really crossed my mind my entire life so when we're kind of accused of that kind of stuff either subtly or or directly it drives me crazy and uh and part of the reason is because it's just not my life experience and so i feel like a lot more bold to criticize people about that sort of stuff those accusations all right let me let me get through this story i i, I am pretty happy sorry valeria wants to make sure we're only doing an hour today because we always go over and she needs to do something tonight so i do um so we're gonna try to get through this quickly let but obviously i'm going on all these tangents let's see here um ahead of the report's release a government uh, summary states the landmark report challenges the view that Britain has failed to make progress in tackling racial uh, inequality, suggesting the well-meaning idealism of many young people who claim the country is still institutionally racist is not borne out by evidence. 
<laughs> I love this so much. But here's the problem. So they've they've done this study. They've realized there is not this like crazy racism problem in the UK anymore. And as soon as they put this report out and it hit the papers, everybody went flipping mental. Like everybody in the UK right now is going crazy because of this report. They're saying basically like this is BS. This is a biased report. This can't possibly be true. Obviously, you know, we... You know, they, people are making jokes that it's an April Fool's joke because it came out on April 1st. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, it comes after numerous reports published last year cited evidence of structural inequalities, uh, including the Public Health England review of disparities in the uh, in the risk outcomes of COVID. But see, the problem is, like, if, if there's a particular race that catches COVID more easily or dies more easily or is more obese or something like that, it's not because of racism, but there's, but their thought is, if black people are fat, it must oh, somehow. Oh, see, Meghan Markle. Sorry. It must somehow be due to to racism. If black people are unhealthy, it's due to some like white white oppression, and therefore, if you're unhealthy and you can die easier from COVID, then it must be white people's fault. Uh, the the PHE probe found that given the limitations of the PHE review, work was specifically called for on the socioeconomic, occupational, cultural, and uh, structural factors, racism, discrimination, stigma, influencing COVID outcomes in BAME communities. BAME is is this expression that they have now. Um, how, what is it? It's um, basically not white people. I think it's... I, I, what is BAME? I can't remember what, what BAME means. I should look that up quickly. Um, it's, a, it's a thing in the UK. They don't use it here in the United States yet. Um Let's see, BAME is an abbreviation Black, Asian, and Minority Ethnic. Basically used to refer to anybody not white. <laughs> uh, it's awful. It's just it's just basically pure racist. Pure racism. All right, let's see here. I mean, because when you exclude one group only, like everybody's included except you. Like, that's what racism is, right? It's sort of like, I mean... Again, you have to you just have to replace white with some other group, right? If you say everybody's included but except for white people, that's considered fine. But if you say everybody's accepted except for the Jews, <laughs> oh, then obviously it's it's totally bigoted. See, everybody's allowed in here except for blacks. They used to have these signs like no blacks, no Irish, and no dogs. Really? They used to have that in stores. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, and now it's just no whites, no Irish, and no dogs. Now that's the new sign. Okay, let's see here. Um, well, while the Lawrence Review, commissioned by the Labor Party and led by Baroness Doreen Lawrence, she, she even just sounds leftist, <laughs> uh, concluded that decades of structural discrimination led to disproportionate amount, uh, the disproportionate impact of the pandemic on minority ethnic communities. Give me a freaking break. In the Lessons Learned Review, Wendy Williams, Her Majesty's Wendy Williams, I don't think it's the Wendy Williams we all know and don't particularly love, uh, Her Majesty's Inspectorate of uh, Cons- uh, Constabulary and Fire and Rescue Services noted that uh, these failings demonstrate an institutional ignorance and thoughtlessness towards the issue of race and the history of the Windrush generation within the department, which are consistent with some elements of the defined uh, of the definition of institutional racism. Uh, I'm not going to get into the Windrush generation. Basically, there's a bunch of black people that came to the UK uh, in like the 60s. Um. I think that a lot of these studies they 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 go they go to conduct the studies with the conclusion already in mind, right? The conclusion is there is institutionalized racism, there is systemic racism. Now let's go try to find evidence of it, right? And so then they find all these things that they can they they think they can use to if they distort them well enough or they, you know, convolute the the ideas be, you know, the effect of them or the ideas behind them that they can maybe then make a case that certain racist stuff cause certain kind of problems. And so these are constructed with the idea in mind. We're looking, we're assuming that it exists Mm -hmm. and we're just looking for evidence of it. Um, Whereas this new study seems to have been accurate, which I don't know how the hell that happened. It's not a hundred percent accurate because it didn't indicate that there was racism against white people. But I think probably if they produced that, there would have been like, you know, they would have burned down Parliament or something crazy. Um, following her race disparity audit in 2017, which revealed the widespread impact of discrimination in the UK, former Prime Minister Theresa May said the data will provide a defini- provide the definitive evidence of how far we must 
uh, still go in order to truly build a country, blah, 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 blah. So here's the problem, right? So this, the Independent has written, we've got this new study that says there's no longer any kind of systemic racism in the UK. And then they cite all these other studies that kind of suggest maybe there still is. So they're like, well, let's just, you know, no, let's there, just... There is, no, there is no more because Meghan Markle moved to America. Yeah, so no there more systemic no racism. racism. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're basically just like, in this article, we want to we prepare balance because we don't want people to think we're supporting this article, you know, mm-hmm. this, um, this study. So let's put, put in all the other studies that, that contradict it. Uh, I'm just going to go down here. All right, let's see here. Uh, in 2019, black African pupils performed above their white British counterparts on average in GCSE exams. GCSE is sort of like uh, their final exams in school. And mm-hmm. I think they deal with the GCSEs help them to get into university, sort of like our SATs do to some degree. Um, okay, well, let... yeah, yeah. Okay, let me keep reading from that. Um, While black Caribbean pupils were the only ethnic group who performed lower than white British pupils, new research commissioned by the group uh, found. Okay, so black Africans in the UK, they actually separate black Africans from what they call Afro-Caribbean or people from like Jamaica and the Caribbean Mm -hmm. islands. And um, what's really weird about that is the the Afro-Caribbeans hate the black Africans. (laughs) They like don't like each other. I actually had a friend who was Afro-Caribbean named Louis who's dead now, which is very sad because he was an awesome guy. Um, David Dillon. Um, but the way the way he would speak was like almost incomprehensible to me because like I knew him, we were friends, but I didn't know him so well that I could understand him whenever he talked because if he'd get excited, like we hadn't seen each other in a while. We ran into, we literally just ran into each other in London one day. And he's like, oh, Chris, mate. I I could not, it was just mumbling. Like, I couldn't, he was so London. He was so London. Anyway, so, uh, but a, a buddy of mine, so like he, we, he was in a restaurant with my friend Robbie, um, who's from Mauritius, actually, which is interesting. And um, he gets up and he goes to this table with where these Africans are at. And he's like, Oi, I don't like to see your kind in here. Blah, 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 blah. He starts like yelling at them. And Robbie's got to like grab him and pull him away because these guys are like these huge dudes. And the deal is that the Afro-Caribbeans, very much like black Americans will still blame white people today for slavery, the Afro-Caribbeans blame the black Africans for selling them to the white people, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> it's like, obviously, these black Africans didn't sell his anybody that he knows specifically, but maybe their ancestors did or something like that. So that's his thought, but... Anyway, it's kind of funny how that that whole dynamic works over there. So black Africans are considered different in the UK than Afro-Caribbeans. Let's see here. Uh, But the Afro-Caribbeans are the only group that that performed lower than white people. Uh, Black Africans actually uh, performed higher. Uh, The commission has suggested that some communities continue to be haunted by historic cases of racism, creating a deep mistrust in the system, which prevent them from being successful. The report makes 20, 24 recommendations, um, including the commissioning of further research. Look, you don't need to make recommendations. It's very simple. If you want black people to perform as well as white people on standardized testing, okay, all, all you have to do is very simple. Create a private school system. Privatize all your schools, right? Every different group, every different neighborhood will have education that's catered toward them that's specifically designed to help them why because you have these private institutions that have to compete for your students compete for your money that the government pays for the school Mm -hmm. but it goes through the student so if i get if i create a school and i have a thousand students and this guy over here creates a school and he's only got a hundred students he only gets the revenue from the government for those hundred students i get the revenue uh, of a thousand students. So if I produce a better school, I get more students, I win. And therefore, you you, you know, competition always breeds uh, success, always breeds success. And that w- that's what would happen under a privatized system. Some people think oh, it'll just happen like the college system, where it'll just become more and more and more expensive. And certainly that'll probably happen in some instances. But um, there, there are measures that could be taken against that. I mean, we, we've done a pretty good job with uh, private schools in America so far. And uh, and uh, what do we call those schools that are like quasi-private? I don't know what it is. Charter schools. Charter schools. Quasi-private. Charter schools. Uh, let's say here. 
see here. Well, anyway, the, the point is that there's a new report in the UK that says systemic racism is no longer a problem. And what's going on here? Too bright? Uh, systemic racism is no longer a problem. And people are going crazy hearing it. People do not like to hear that racism is over. People desperately want there to be racism. And, and I think that the main reason is because they want something to fight against. They want to be able to say, there's a whole this horrible racism and I have to fight it because people want to be heroes. And I say, that's a good thing. You should, you should be a hero, but find a real victim and fight for them. Don't fight for the fake victims. Shall we move on to the next story? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Biden strongly supports canceling the state of Georgia. Yeah, this is kind of a weird one. Canceling the state of Georgia? What do you mean canceling? Well, the state of Georgia is supposed to have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. They're supposed to host it. And people are saying, oh, because of these laws that are being changed to the voting in, in Georgia, blah, we should move. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. exactly. And Biden's saying, yes, you should do that. You should cancel Georgia. What an a-hole. You know that's a state in the Union, Georgia? We actually exist. It, it exists in America. Like, if you're the president of the United States of America, you shouldn't be telling people to. <laughs> and and then and then um, okay. So Biden says he'd strongly support Major League Baseball moving the All Star Game out of Atlanta over Georgia election law. M M L B. M L B Major League Baseball. BLM backwards. What is it? <laughs> yeah, really. Um, baseball lives matter. So uh. Uh, the President of the United States referred to the GOP-backed legislation as Jim Crow on steroids. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, Jim Crow on steroids. I mean, what, how, how does anyone take Joe Biden or any of the Democrats seriously at this point? It's ridiculous. All right. President Biden expressed support for the idea that Major League Baseball Arsenal game move out of Atlanta in response to the new Georgia election law that has sparked fierce backlash amongst liberals. If we don't like the, the if we disagree with you politically, we, we're going to just cancel your state. I mean, give me a break. You know there's Democrats that live in Georgia, right, guys? Um, right. During an interview on ESPN, Biden was asked about the comments made by Tony Clark, the executive director of, of the MLB Players Association, who said he'd look forward to discussing moving the July 13th game out of Georgia's capital, capital as a form of economic punishment to the GOP-backed economic or sorry, election re reform legislation recently signed into law by Governor Brian Kemp. I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. No, that's not responsibly. I mean, here, here's the problem with canceling any kind of a thing because you don't like the politics of somebody completely unrelated to that thing. Do you think that the mo most of the people that work in Major League Baseball are Republicans? Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, what about the hot dog vendors? What about, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know... Look, there's there's a, a whole ton of infrastructure that goes into producing an event like the All-Star Game, right? A lot of businesses are involved. Okay. Not all the people that work for those businesses, not all the people that own those businesses have anything to do with anything Republican or anything like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of black people in Georgia. There's a lot of Democrats in Georgia. You're You're hurting your own people by doing stuff like this. It's ridiculous. I think that today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. No, they're not. I was, they're, just, they're just morons is the problem. I would strongly support them doing that, Biden res responded. People look to them. They're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. Yeah. Yeah. All of these sporting institutions are being ignored now by the American public because they're all taking a knee and they're all like sporting these idiotic Black Lives Matter shirts and stuff like that. And nobody likes it. And so nobody's watching the NBA, NFL anymore. Nobody's watching any of these sports because everybody's gotten all woke and crap and, mm -hmm. and nobody can stand it. Uh, look what's happened across the board. The people who have been victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these various sports, and it's just not right. Really, the people who have been victimized the most are the people who are leaders in these various sports. The hell are you talking about? The, the people who are leaders in these various sports are millionaires. How the hell have, have these athletes been victimized? They get to play a game where they try to put a ball in a hoop, or they try to, you know, kick a ball down a field, or they try to hit a ball out, you know, out of the park. This is this is your job. Is a game, is a children's game. Is your job that you do for a living, and you're a victim, and you get paid millions of dollars for this, and you're a victim. That's BS. 
Biden reiterated his attack on the Georgia election reform as Jim Crow on steroids. Um, right. Imagine passing a law saying you cannot provide water or food for somebody standing in line to vote. Uh, can't do that, question mark. Come on, the president exclaimed. This is a weird talking point of the left that you can't... So I was looking into this, and apparently this is already a law that you're not that like... like um, because the, the Georgia law specifically states that political organizations can't hand people water or, or food. But the reason is so that they, these political organizations can't come in and try to like intimidate you or try to persuade you to vote a particular way while you're waiting in line to vote. That, that's a, like a common law. I think that's, that's pretty much like everywhere. I think that was already the law in Georgia, something like that. They're picking this apart as if you're not allowed to have food in line or like your wife can't bring you dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. None of that's true. It's only political organizations that aren't allowed to bring you water and stuff like that. Because they're they're basically saying like, oh, th- this group is going to try to influence you. Or put- I mean, like how many people are without water in America now? Like wh- wh- where do they think we are? <laughs> like it's like they think that we're living in like you know the fifth century and like you know some bizarre place where you don't have access to food or water like everybody's fine like nobody's gonna starve to death joe biden you idiot all right let's see here uh come on the president exclaimed (laughs) you're you're going to close a polling place at five o'clock when people just get uh people just get off work this is about keeping working folks and ordinary folks that I grew up with from being able to vote. No, it isn't. It's so stupid. Republicans aren't trying to stop people from voting, okay? I personally would love if if a certain number of people did not vote, right? What I call uninformed or low-information voters. They always vote for Democrats, and they never know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. I do not like ill-informed voters um, low information voters or uninformed voters. I hate uninformed voters because they always vote Democrat and they're always stupid. And they always vote the wrong way. They don't even know what they're doing. I hate that. But I would never try to create a law that specifically tried to prevent these people from voting. That, that that's not that's not how Republicans think, right? That's not how we think. That's how Democrats think, and that's why they try to put it on us, right? It's called projection. Um, all right, let's see here. Biden's claim that the new law forbids water or food uh, omits the statute. In the legislation that allows self-service water from an unattended receptacle. So you can go to a drinking fountain. <laughs> uh, let's see here. For voters waiting in line. Also, Washington Post fact checker Glenn Kasser pointed out that the president repeated his four Pinocchio claim about polls closing at five o'clock. Nope, that's not the law, Kesser tweeted. So I guess that's not even law. I didn't even hear about this closing at five thing. But apparently that's just not even true. Biden does not care about saying things that are true. Biden cares about saying things that are going to uh, make him popular amongst other Democrats and are going to get him more votes. And he just always wants to say the right thing as a Democrat. That's all Biden cares about. That's what most um, Democrats care about. Do you have anything to say? I'm guessing no, because you want to move along. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, you have something to say or yes, you want to move along? Uh, move along. Okay, would you like to read the next story, Donna? Yes. All right. Uh, Biden raises taxes on struggling businesses to fund infrastructure package. Gosh, it was difficult to read. <laughs> Might I say you look particularly stunning today, Dolly. The sun is, is making you glow. Yes. Thank you. All right, let's see here. Am I, am I out of shot? Let me see. Yeah, we'll look all right. All right, White House defends hiking taxes on businesses following lockdowns. To pay for Biden's infrastructure package. All right, we know you, you businesses are struggling because we wouldn't let you open forever, but we're going to raise your taxes now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, uh, look at Jen Psaki. What a hottie. Okay, that, that's kind of mean. I shouldn't say stuff like that. I just I just don't like her. Do you think I like her? But she's, she's quite a bit of fun to watch because she, she is terrible at her job. Watching somebody fail that badly at their job, she to me, so is just terrible, hilarious. She was so terrible during Obama administration. And I thought maybe for this four years of break, she will get yeah. better. You were at, supposed to write me a... At least a, in ge- a, geography. You were supposed to write me a script about... I don't have time for it. You do too. I don't. You do. All I right. have four jobs. Yeah, okay. Uh, the White House said Thursday that the administration believes businesses that benefited from former President Donald Trump's 2017 tax cuts can bear the brunt for paying for President Biden's nearly $2 trillion infrastructure package. Yeah, sure. 
uh, despite the strain of rolling lockdowns over the last year. Asked about House uh, Minority asked about House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's position that Republicans backed infrastructure spending but not new taxes, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said businesses can handle the proposed 7% hike in the corporate tax rate. Some can, some won't be able to. See, that's the problem with Democrats. They're always just like, oh, it'll be fine. Uh, but they never really think about you know the people who are actually vulnerable. They, they don't really think about that. They think about you know their particular groups that they like. Um, we believe that corporations should be able to... The, the other thing is that no matter how great the business is, no matter how big the business is, you're always going to have to cut somewhere if you have less income, right? You're always going to have to cut jobs or you're going to have to reduce people's wages or something like that. There's always going to be, or there's going to be slower growth. Yeah. And so the economy won't grow as fast. And if you do that across the board to every business or to, you know, all these businesses making a certain amount of money, then it's just going to slow the the recovery of the economy. You know, the economy is going to grow slower. That's just what's going to happen. Are you yeah, and just print me? and just print just print more money, Chris. Okay, we're almost done, darling. We're almost done. Okay, and uh, she's print- texting me. We only have seven minutes. They they are raising taxes. They're printing more money. Yeah, yeah, they're doing everything wrong. Basically. Everything. Yeah, everything. You, you know what I would suggest wrong. to the Biden administration? If anybody's listening that has access to the Biden administration, just hire Donald Trump as an advisor. <laughs> Just bring him in as an advisor. Be like, okay, he was a terrible president. We hate him. He's a racist. He's evil. But we need his help. (laughs) Just admit it. You need Trump's help. Okay. We believe the corporations should be able to bear the brunt for investing in America's workers. Yeah. You know how they invest in America's workers? They hire them with the money that you're not stealing from them. That's how they help the American worker, you moron. All right. Uh, let's see. But they can they can come forward with their ideas, Psaki said. Here's an idea. Stop taxing, taxing them as much. Reduce the tax rate. That's what you should be doing. Uh, we believe we can start from a place where we agree. No, no, no. You can start from a place where what you want is the law and that's it. Uh, but pressed on whether it made sense to burden businesses that are struggling, Psaki insisted companies can afford to help but rebuild... Uh, to help... But rebuild our workforce. I don't think they quoted her correctly. And make sure infrastructure makes us competitive with China. Oh, yeah. You guys really care about China now. That's exactly why we shouldn't be increasing taxes on the American people, on people making less than $400,000 a year, Psaki said. But we shouldn't be putting in place user fees because people are still trying to get through this period of time. Corporations who have had their tax rate lowered to 21%, uh lower by a great margin than it's been in history. Corporations that didn't pay any tax in 2018, she continued, um, we think they can afford to help but rebuild our workforce. I don't... What? She, they misquoted her twice now. Or maybe she did say that. Doesn't make any sense, though. Okay. Uh, help invest in industries of the future and make sure infrastructure makes us competitive with China. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, meanwhile, hailed Biden's package as just as good, uh, just good policy and common sense. But you know what? They're, this this infrastructure package, all this crap they're doing, it's just Democrat pet projects. That's most of the crap that they're investing in. It's not infrastructure, really. It's not like building roads and stuff. They're just basically giving money to people that they like, Democrat causes and crap like that. I mean, it's completely, it's 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 not actually going to be helpful to the economy or anything. She reminds me of uh, the doll from the horror movie, Ch- Chucky. <laughs> like, look at her. People have actually um, have actually made f- photoshopped images of her face on Chucky. I think. Yeah. Um, sorry, I had to text somebody. All right, let's. Shall we move on to the next story? Let's just basically close by saying this: uh, Democrats are horrible people. They basically steal your money to give it to their friends. And if you elect a Democrat, you're electing a criminal. Shall we move on to the next story? Yeah. It's the last story. We're getting there. Okay. All right. You ready? Asta, Read it. AstraZeneca vaccine should be avoided by most people, German expert warn. Yeah, this is a crazy story. You want to turn, turn, turn your brightness up a little bit? <laughs> All right. It's here. Germany suspends use of AstraZeneca shot. Uh, for the for the use of anyone under 60, which is, you know, obviously a problem for AstraZeneca, 
But uh, I actually changed the title to this, but uh, I forgot to send it so, to you. So they don't want people under 60 to get the second That's shot? That's right. They don't want anybody under 60 to get AstraZeneca shots at all. They're like banning AstraZeneca, essentially. If you're over 60, they, they think for some reason you should still get it. I'm not really sure why. I guess because it's such an emergency, you should do it. Interesting. But it's creating like a problem where there's this um, fairly rare reaction to it where people are getting blood clots in their brains and like nine I people have died that. it's pretty it's pretty nasty so this is from cnbc this isn't even a right-wing publication um let's go ahead and read some of this germany has suspended the use of coronavirus vaccine created by astrazeneca at the and the uh, university of oxford under for people under 60 due to renewed concerns over reports of blood clots the move comes after the country's med- medicines regulator uh, found 31 cases of a rare type of blood clot in a small number of people immunized with the coronavirus vaccine produ- produced by the Anglo-Swedish uh, drug maker. The suspension is likely to deal yet another blow to its vaccine's reputation. Uh, initially, a few regions were suspended. Uh, a few regions suspended some use of the shot Tuesday due to concerns over possible possible link uh, to a rare but serious form of blood clots. Uh, but then on Tuesday, it was announced that the whole country would no longer give the vaccine to anyone under 60, six years old, following advice from the country's independent vaccines committee known as STIKO. The committee said in a statement on Tuesday that after after several uh, consultations, the majority of the, STIK, uh, of the STIKO decided the help of external experts, sorry, with the help of external experts to only decided with the help of external experts to only recommend the COVID-19 AstraZeneca vaccine for people age 60 and over. This decision was based on the currently available blah, 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 blah. Let's get down I thought to the... you would, you would want older people get the vaccine, like over 60. That's the people who they're saying should get it. Okay. Everybody under should not get it. It's too dangerous. Too late. Well, too some late. people have Is got it. it. Yeah, late? yeah. Germany's Paul Einrich Institute, a federal agency in medical regulatory body, told CNBC that there had been 31 cases of blood clots and uh, in the cerebral veins, so in in people's brains, a condition known as sinus vein thrombosis or or cerebral venous venous sinus thrombosis. Latin, something in Latin. Something in Latin. Cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. Reported to it, uh, reported to it as part of spontaneous recording. Reported to it as part of spontaneous recording. Sometimes people write sentences and I just don't understand them. Reported to it as part of spontaneous reporting or uh, recording. I don't understand that. Okay, within that number, oh, good lord, there's another one. <laughs> I didn't go to medical school, guys. Uh, <laughs> thrombocytopenia. A condition characterized by abnormally low levels of platelets in the blood was also reported in 19 cases. In nine of those cases, the people affected died. All but two of the 31 cases involved women, 20 to uh, 63 years old. So this is mostly a a thing that that hurts Mm -hmm. women. Uh, With two men affected, uh, they were 36 and 57 years old. So the weird thing is, it doesn't seem to hurt older people. This doesn't seem to affect older people, but younger people are being affected. Uh, it added that it continues to investigate and evaluate all incoming case reports and is actively involved in the relevant discussions, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. To put the numbers in context, almost 2.7 million people in Germany had received a first dose of a- the AstraZeneca vaccine. Okay, so it's, if it's only like 31 people out of 2.7 million, that seems kind of like an overreaction to me, but okay. With 767 people having had a second dose, according to data from Germany's public health agency. So maybe it's after the second dose they're getting it. So that would actually be a very high number relative to that to the second dose. Um, anyway, yeah, so it's bad for AstraZeneca. Not, and then they've defended themselves. Not that I care. But I, I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this story is because it's really critical that you do your research into what vaccines that you're getting. Because these, a lot of How these... How can vac- you make a research if there is a completely new thing? Well, that's the problem. There's not much thing. That's the problem. A lot of these vaccines are experimental vaccines. Um, I don't know about the AstraZeneca vaccine. I haven't looked into it, right? So I wouldn't get that vaccine because I haven't looked into it. I, in this particular case, just trusting everybody, I think that's a little bit of a... Don't trust anyone. It's a bit of a risk. You don't, don't shouldn't trust, trust anyone. anyone. Never. 
Now, Valeria and I are not getting vaccinated, and we made this decision. Until they will put me in the corner with the gun next to my head. Maybe (laughs) then I will consider it. it. Yeah. Well, but I'll tell you what. But here's the thing. I'm not against vaccines. I think vaccines are very good things. They're they've been proven over decades and you know forever. I mean, they've they've been around for you know what is it like over a hundred years? Vaccines. We've been taking them. As a society, we've had, you know, we've basically cured a lot of horrible diseases. We've done some very good work because of vaccines. Vaccines have had an amazing benefit to the world. I am not against vaccines. Valeria's a little bit more suspicious than I am. Absolutely right. <laughs> so she's, you know, if, if you side with Valeria, you're going to think I'm an idiot. I get comments all the time. You're an idiot. Your wife knows more than you do. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. That's yeah. not true. That's not true. He knows no. more than I am. Well, there there are just, a lot of cynical. I'm just, I'm just a little crazy. There are a lot of cynical bastards out there who are convinced the vaccines KG, are just going to kill you. don't trust anyone. KGB, I think. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust anyone. Uh, no, but but uh, I think vaccines in general are very, very good things. However, in this particular case, mm-hmm. um, there there is a huge benefit if you do get the vaccine or any of these vaccines. Um, you can keep your grandma safe, all that good stuff. But because that they're, they're experimental vaccines, there are potentially unknown risks. So it is something that you have to weigh for yourself and you have to make the decision for yourself. And this is, this is I guess, the, the main reason to me why the concept of mandatory vaccines is so abhorrent, right? Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to mandate that you take a vaccine that is a completely new technology. To me, that is, that, that's, that's not... That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. I would move to a country. I would literally move to another country to avoid that that fate. Uh, and uh, and this idea of vaccine passports to me is equally reprehensible. You have this idea that oh, you're not allowed to do anything in the world. You're not allowed to travel. You're not allowed to do anything unless you get this vaccine passport that proves that you have done what the government has told you you must do. A lot of people online right now are are. Uh, criticizing this in particular as enormously hypocritical because the Democrats have been saying for years that if you require people to have photo ID to vote, that's somehow racist. Mm -hmm. But now everybody has to have uh, some kind of vaccine passport. And and in some way, that's actually perfectly fine. Yeah. Which is completely contradicts each other, right? Because it's not like you're going to have this vaccine passport and say, look, I've got this vaccine passport. And they're not going to make you show your ID to show that it's the same person, right? To show that it's not a forgery or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or you're using somebody else's vaccine mm-hmm. or, you know, a vaccine ID. Or you just didn't paste your own photo on it. So certainly, um, well, I mean, presumably it'll be in some kind of a system. It's going to be QR code. It's going to be QR. So, yeah, everything's going electronic. We will have information about everything, basically. Yeah. Anyway, the point, the point is, if you can force people to have a, a vaccine passport, you can force people to show their ID when voting. Mm-hmm. And this whole argument of the left that it's racist to have photo ID when you vote is obviously BS. And, you know, they're obviously just using it as political leverage to allow people to cheat in elections, which is pretty horrible. But uh, anyway, I digress. The point is, be careful with your vaccines. Do your research and make sure you know exactly what's being injected into your body. Um, darling, do you have anything to say before we go? Yes, I have two super chats. Oh, okay. Well, shall we take these super chats? It's all yeah. you, baby. Uh, first from Frank James. Uh, your backdrop reminds me of Fraser. Uh, Seattle question mark? Yeah, Fraser is in Seattle. That's 100%. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great show, actually. That's classic. And Fraser, the actor who plays Fraser, Kelsey Grammer, is a strong conservative. All right, moving on. <laughs> Nobody saw that because the camera is on me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hold on. I'll do it again. You ready? And Fraser, Kelsey Grammer, the actor Kelsey Grammer is also a strong conservative. Okay, awesome. Now you can switch back. All right. Uh, Lost Cold uh, Soul. Thanks, Valeria. I know I now own most of Little Big's music. (laughs) (laughs) It's great, isn't it? Those guys are hilarious. uh, Can't get Lollibomb and that unicorn out my head. The haters are... The haters are good, too. Hello from Naval Base Yokosuka. Naval base Yokosuka. What is it? Naval base? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. This is this is the best part of the show where Valeria uh, looks stuff up. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Is is it in Japan? I'd like to visit Japan. Yeah. 
I couldn't understand what you were saying. So, anyway, is that it? Is that the the comments? That's only yeah, two super chats, two two Q and A for today. That's it. So I guess I'll tell my editor not to include the Q and A in this particular <laughs> episode uh, uh, as a separate thing. But um, thanks, you guys. Uh, sorry we have to cut it short today, but uh, yeah, it's, you can, it's my fault. You can I blame promise Valeria. Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be longer. A little what bit a longer. horrible woman, right? right? <laughs> uh, no, no. Valeria's lovely. We all love her, of course. And Valeria and I love you guys. You guys are the best, the best people on YouTube. We always love reading your comments. We always love uh, interacting with you. I wish we could read more. But we've got to go today, so uh, we'll read more news tomorrow. Uh, it'll be it'll be the best news day of the week because it's the last news day of the week. Is Friday. that right? Tomorrow's Friday. Friday. Okay. Oh, there is one more super chat. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, last minute. Last call, Seoul, Japan. Just oh, good to see Tokyo. Mark and Alberta back. We were worried about you. I mentioned yes. to you yesterday. I was like, "Where's Mark and Alberta?" Valeria hates us. I don't. I don't. Actually. Japan, just south of Tokyo. It's this is from true. Lost Cold So That's cool. That's cool, man. Well, if we visit uh, uh, Japan and we're we're on video, send us a super chat. Let us know where you are, and we'll go get a coffee. I always think if I'm in a country and there's a there's like a fan, if I'm on vacation in a certain city, and there's people who watch the show, I, I always like to try to visit them. I've actually made very good friends. Um, we we have a very good friend near Chicago. Uh, you, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his name's James, and every time okay. he calls. Would you think I didn't remember his name? <laughs> I don't remember names well. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And every uh, every time he calls, because now, you know, he's got my number. We're friends now. But he started out as a fan of the show. Um, Valeria asks, does he have a girlfriend yet? <laughs> he comes when we were there last time. He didn't have a girlfriend. He was like, hey, I could, you know, I'm, uh, you know I need a girlfriend. And, and we were kind of joking around about it. And so now every single time he calls, Valeria goes, is he still single? Does he have a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is actually quite rude, Valeria. But it's a kind of funny ongoing joke. But I'm yeah. yeah, maybe in a couple of years my sister will come here because she's still sixteen. That's going to be eighteen. Yeah, but only one of the fans will get her. We're going to have a contest. <laughs> we're going to say, we're going to say, if you like our video, give us a thumbs up and share it. You could win Valeria's cousin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, that probably won't happen. Blair, you're supposed to kind of laugh at that to indicate that I'm joking with the... I got to get her into some improv classes or something. All right, guys. That's that's the end of the show. Uh, thank you for watching, and we will see you tomorrow. Good night. Good night. Oh, I should do the outro. Huh? Yes. Toxic masculinity. All right, that was awesome.